1: Number one thing that you need to do is embrace yourself in all your seasons. Spirituality is not about being selective with only the good vibes or only the positive thinking. Spirituality also means that you witness and honor yourself in all your layers. It could be you in your anger. It could be you in your greed, in your ego. But you got to witness yourself in all the seasons because... All these elements are part of us. My anger is part of me. My ego is part of me. If I fight it, if I become angry with it, it's not going to solve the problem.
0: Hey, U-Turn friends. I have yet another good friend person in my community that is making an impact that I wanted to bring here to you on the podcast in the mindset category, and it's Chandresh Bardwaj. Um, a lot of you probably heard about Sarah Stewart being my closest friend, and we had her on the podcast, and Chandresh has been such an influence on her, and through her, he's been an influence on me. So he hails from a lineage of seven generations of Indian spiritual leaders, and he's a disciple of his father, His Holiness Sri Chamunda Swami. Hopefully I just pronounced that right, Chandresh. And- you
1: did. You did. I was smiling when you did. You did. Yeah,
0: so and uh, he's a university, you know, his dad was a universally recognized authority in spiritual healing, you know, and, and for you, Chandresh, you were bound into the financial world. You went to business school in New York, you graduated, you pursued your passion for human potential. You're a speaker, you're an author, and you've got your book, uh, Break the Norms, selling book. Such a great book for so many people uh, covering everything from love, death, spirituality, self-acceptance, sex, uh, truth, life. I mean, just so many important topics. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me here, Ashley. I've always been very fond of you and I've always been fond of your strength, your creativity. So I'm actually looking forward uh, to this conversation with you because I know your mind has so many great things going on. So I would love to contribute my tiny bit to your universe.
0: Oh, thanks for saying it that way. You know, it's like, it's so funny. I have this new puppy, Chandresh, and like he's been so consuming and I've been uh, working, you know, in my workday trying to get focused, but he has to go out and go to the bathroom, all of that. And it was fun because I looked at my calendar. I was like, dang, what do I have today? And then I thought, oh, Chandresh, this is going to be really good, you know? (laughs) Good, I'm glad. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah. You you know, you've picked a very unique life path and you, you know, your story of growing up with a father who was so spiritual. Like, what was it like growing up in your home and when did you know or, or did you just always know that you were going to be working in this kind of space?
1: Uh, I never thought... Uh, I would be working in the spiritual space. Uh, one of the reasons was my—you know—I grew up in India uh in a very small town near the Himalayan in the mountains, a uh, very small community. But uh, I—I grew up hearing a lot, lot of great, greatest things about my grandfather, who was a very renowned spiritual guru to many powerful people. Then I grew up watching people lining up to see my father, um, and even the most powerful people would become very vulnerable in his presence. And it's still the case. That's how I still see it. And when you grow up watching this kind of larger than life figures, uh, I thought I'm not qualified to be this person because I, uh, i was ob- always obsessed with spirituality but i was also obsessed with you know movies stories uh, poetry so I, and i thought spiritual teachers do not indulge in any of that pleasure they only seek the higher truth they only seek the higher awareness so i always thought i'm not ready not qualified and uh, i should not be making this as my profession and uh, i you know would engage in reading about the business community creative people business leaders whatever books i could i could get in my small town i would go into that and my father uh, at that time i was in high middle school and my father got the invitation to be in new york to speak on uh, a certain spiritual topics and uh, he liked new york and he said you know i think you uh, should come here to pursue further studies uh, because you know they got great schools and all that And after high school, I moved to New York. And that's when I think my life really started to change. Uh, Even then, I never thought I would be doing the spiritual space. It was after I got into business school in New York. I was double major finance and accounting. And that's when I first got the opportunity to write for the college newspaper. And I was writing weekly column on consciousness, meditation, positive thinking relationships. And that column... uh, was liked by a bunch of good generalists from the, the leading newspapers in New York. And they reached out. They wrote a story on me that he, there's a 20-year-old boy in, uh, in the school and he's writing about these heavy topics. So that brought some confidence. That brought a lot of amazing people in my life, you know, including students, professors, a uh, lot of people who, who were very successful in their field. And that started to spark certain interest, I think, uh, toward this direction. i I was still meditating uh, obsessively every day but uh, the plan was never ever to do what i do i think Mm -hmm. the real fire started when i officially started working in wall street Um, and that was when i started experiencing a major amount of unhappiness and Mm -hmm. unfulfillment Um, and it became a daily thing and soon it became uh, something that would frustrate me i would Sit in You know, these long train rides in New York, and I would read all the spiritual books. But the moment I would walk in the office, I would feel this unfulfillment. And you know, there were people around me, actually, in the office who would tell me, you're working too hard. Don't work too hard. Uh, just do, come in the office, do your thing and, and go home. And that's what they all were doing and i was pretty ambitious you know uh, even in spirituality i have always been very ambitious that i want to attain a certain you know state of awareness so that ambition was also there in the wall street and i clearly saw nobody was really diving deeper into the stock market or their job because they wanted to stay on the surface because when we are on the surface you know things don't bother us on a certain level so i guess they all were avoiding uh, that intensity that comes from going deeper into uh, any subject. And I wanted to go deeper. And I realized Wall Street is not my jungle. It's not giving me that depth. It's not giving me that energy I'm looking for. And I feel deep down, we all are longing for a certain truth. And that's why we do what we do it could be as you know a singer a musician writer even an accountant we all are longing for a certain higher truth and we then we try to find outlets for that and when i realized wall street is not giving me that outlet i need to find a different outlet and the only thing i have always been obsessed about was the spirituality the spiritual path but i didn't know how to make money out of it how to make a good living out of it because wall street also spoils you with money right so I wanted mm-hmm. to still have the same kind of lifestyle but also pursue my life's you know yearning and calling of going into this path and I left the the job uh, within few weeks after I truly knew that this is it I I will not carry on this further it's been more than 10 years now and uh, yeah, I think I did not choose this. Uh, it kind of chose me and it started to train me. This whole path started to groom me and train me. And it's it's been quite a, you know, adventurous ride for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, like a lot of people, you, you talk about like being on Wall Street. Well, I think your people's careers seem to be like a huge vehicle for their new level of awareness. Because mm-hmm. there's something about staying where you don't want to be for so long that I think... Um, if you're not in the right job for you, it causes you to want to reach for more or see things differently because there's suffering and pain, you know, that can come. Mm-hmm. I would love to understand like sp- from a st- standpoint of somebody who's listening right now and and feels that sense of stuckness that you, you know, might have experienced or you see other people experiencing, like how do they bring more spirituality into their life to feel more connected as they're going through that process or even trying to look for, clarity on their life purpose you know
1: know, i define spirituality as a path of self-acceptance i feel you know we are in the age of this um, information media you know everything is is available everywhere now and it's available at zero cost you could open a phone and you know Listen to ten-hour lecture of your favorite, you know, speaker without going to the auditorium without paying. And this overconsumption of information has also done a little damage because this is somewhere uh, corrupting and polluting our pure awareness. And I feel when we are in touch with our pure awareness, then we have infinite creativity. Then we have infinite possibility. We could do anything. We could manifest anything. The challenges. We are reading too much about everything and that could work in certain sectors, especially financial sector, right? Like if you know too much about a certain company, you know, the stock is going to be good or bad. Uh, But when you apply the same formula on spirituality, it kinds of limit your experiences because then you read too much about how a certain experience should feel like, how a certain meditation should feel like, and that starts to take away the purity in it, the 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 pure love in it. And one thing I would recommend to everyone that spirituality is self-acceptance. Number one thing that you need to do is embrace yourself in all your seasons. Spirituality is not about being selective with only the good vibes or only the positive thinking. Spirituality also means that you witness and honor yourself in all your layers. It could be you in your anger, it could be you in your greed, in your ego, but you got to witness yourself in all the seasons because. All these elements are part of us. My anger is part of me. My ego is part of me. If I fight it, if I become angry with it, it's not going to solve the problem. The ego, the anger, the greed, the stress, they all are trying to tell me something deeper about my roots. So first thing is to understand that when these elements show up, you don't fight with them. You don't hate them. You don't label them as, as negative or bad, but you understand the root of these elements why do i feel a certain ego greed or impulsiveness showing up in a certain you know moment when we start to witness and understand the root of these elements a certain magic starts to happen your own awareness your consciousness will come out to your rescue and it will start to support you nurture you and guide you the challenges we are trained to live through the mind so much that whenever anger, ego, greed, and all these elements show up, the mind instantly says, this is bad. This is negative. Run away. It's fight or flight, right? That kind of energy shows up. But I would say, do not fight. Do not flight away. Stay there. Witness it. Because when you start to honor and witness your existence, that's when the real spirituality starts. And for me, I went through the same thing. I was... And this is, I know, it's so many of us, we are told by others, what should our path look like? We are told by our school teachers, our parents, the media, the society, that this is what success is. And this is how we want your success to look like. So we work very hard to, you know, fulfill those expectations. And I was also told by many people that uh, you are in America, you, have, uh, you did your schooling in India, now you are in New York City, one of the greatest c- cities in the world. You got to live the American dream, you got to have a good job, you got to be best in everything. And I was simply fulfilling those expectations until I realized I'm l- trying to live someone else's script. And that's not working out for me. It's like if you put Tom Hanks in Hangover, uh, it may not work out that well. I mean, he's a great actor, but even Tom Hanks would agree. Hangover is not his jungle. He will not enjoy that. Uh, and I felt like that. I felt I'm in, in a wrong script. This, These are not my actors. This is not my jungle. This is not my universe. I need to find my universe. And I did two things that really helped me and I still go into these two elements I started to meditate on gratitude and courage the gratitude for the gifts that I had I did not acknowledge those gifts I was taking them for granted but when I started to cultivate this intention that I will be cultivating my gratitude and courage every day in every way That started changing everything. So I started planting the seeds of this gratitude. And it made Mm -hmm. me realize that I have a certain natural gift for connecting with this higher awareness. I have this gift of going deeper uh, within my consciousness through meditation. And this gift needs to be shared. Uh, And then I needed the courage, because just having gratitude is one part of the journey, I needed the courage to act on these gifts. And that's when I decided to leave the job. And the the element of courage was hugely important, especially in the first few years, right? Because uh, you are on a completely new path, you never thought you would be doing this. But you started mm-hmm. to you know, experiment with new journey. There are new characters in your story. There are new challenges. There are new twists happening every day. So I needed the courage to keep going stronger. And the blend of gratitude and courage gives birth to trust. Uh, mm. And when you start having trust in your own strengths, nothing can you know hold you back. Then mm. you are truly leading in the journey of bliss and joy and success.
0: Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay, and. I know, you know, you were saying like spirituality is is getting to know yourself and making peace. I'm guessing with who you are, or who you're not. How do you recommend somebody uh, navigate like loss? So, you know, there's one thing to get to know yourself, and, and loss is such a huge part of that. Um, but I think in the times we're living in, uh, and I don't know when this episode will come out. You know, it could be during coronavirus, after it. But a lot of people are fearing, feeling a lot of sense of control, you know, and fear of loss with people they love. What wisdom do you have for people to consider as they're navigating that feeling of, of potential grief or just control to prevent grief? Mm. You know, uh,
1: as I said, I think we are so conditioned to live and love through the mind. And mind wants to control everything. Mind wants to control the relationships, mind wants to control, even the spiritual path. And um, I went through a major uh, lesson and experience in, in in loss, and that was when my sister passed away, and I was only sixteen year old at that time. And mm-hmm. you know. I cannot even tell you how confident I was that nothing will happen to her. She was unwell for a long time and I could see the panic of my mother, panic of my family members and my father and everyone. But I thought nothing will happen to her because, you know, we are family of healers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I grew up seeing, you know, even the most challenging cases being fixed by my father's spiritual abilities. And I thought nothing can happen to her. But when she passed away, uh, I went through this uh, almost a reality check. My ego, my expectation, my demands, everything wo- took a really major hit from that level, uh, from that whole episode. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to react uh, for a good amount of time. Like the anger, the disappointment, all of those emotions were showing up in a major way every single day. But that also kickstarted a new spiritual journey for me. And the biggest lesson I learned was you cannot control the natural organic way of life process. Mm-hmm. It will continue to happen the way it happens. If you mm-hmm. try to control a pain, that then the pain becomes suffering. Pain is natural. Pain is fine. If you're a human, you will go through pain. But suffering is not natural. Suffering is what your mind creates out of pain. Um, And I wanted to go go through the pain, but suffering was multiplying every day. And that was the time when I started questioning everything that I knew about the divinity, the truth, the life, the death. And that's why Break the Norms also happened, the, the book, because this was the beginning of that and 4 years later i lost my best friend i we grew up together and um, wow. that was a another you know major major hit but i i realized that uh, i was able to handle my grief in a much more mindful way than Uh, compared to the time my sister passed away. And when this whole coronavirus pandemic started, I knew that I could feel in the air that it's going to happen. People would want to control this experience. People are going to go very anxious. The Anxiety is going to be at the peak because people are going to feel the fear of losing their loved ones. People are going to feel that life is fragile. And what do we do? How do we control it? And Mm -hmm. I kind of opened my doors uh, when this whole thing started, I posted on my Instagram that if you want to talk to me, speak to me or share anything, my doors are open. Please, uh, you could just send me a message or email. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you, I got so many messages, Ashley. And uh, the most beautiful and also heartbreaking thing was nobody uh, asked me uh, to call him or call them or, or be on FaceTime or anything. They all said, can you send me one line of encouragement? That's all. Uh, wow. And I, and that kind of broke my heart because I could feel the fear, the loneliness in everyone. Mm. And um, I started sending voice messages uh, to everyone, uh, and I, I could not sleep that night. That was one of the first two days when the you know they declared lockdown in California. Um, Mm -hmm. And I woke up with headache on both the days. And I realized I cannot be giving my strength if I don't charge myself enough. So I started recharging myself on a daily basis and started Mm -hmm. reminding people every single day that the most fundamental truth about life is it's always uncertain, always unpredictable, and we can never control it. While Mm -hmm. many people are realizing Uh, that life is fragile and uncertain in this phase but the truth is life has always been like this right we were never ever able to control life it's always about making sure you take your steps right and and hoping that it's it's going to go okay and one thing that i've been telling everyone during this phase is this is going to be the survival of the aware not survival of the fittest but the survival of the aware this Mm -hmm. Pandemic is teaching us a lot about the fragility of life, the unpredictability of life, and if we are not, if we do not heal our relationship with our awareness, then it's we are going to limit this experience uh, because we are playing many roles in life. the The roles of being a husband, wife, daughter, friend, sibling, uh, employer, employee. These are all the roles, but the most sacred role is the relationship that we hold with our awareness. And this mm. is the time that we strengthen that relationship. Uh, we need to cultivate a much better and deeper relationship with our awareness. Otherwise, uh, we are always going to be at the mercy of circumstances.
0: I love this. And I I know that so many people listening right now not only need to hear this, but they're probably wondering, like, how do I cultivate that kind of awareness that he's speaking of. Um, And it can be kind of intimidating for somebody to think to themselves, like how to even get started with this? Like what recommendations do you have for people when it comes to getting that sense of awareness and cultivating? Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, I'll, everyone who's listening, if you have ever been loved by someone or, or if you ever loved someone You can tap into awareness. So it's really that simple and really that heartwarming. Awareness means inclusiveness of all the emotions, right? Uh, Awareness means being fully present. Awareness means being able to witness your heartbeats. But before we go deeper into awareness, you also have to understand your mind very well, because The confusion between mind and awareness is very interesting. A lot of people feel the mind is the awareness, but mind is basically... The collection of your thoughts, memories, uh, how you define yourself, how you define others. That's the job of mind. Mind will go back to the past and project the future. And it's a great tool, especially, you know, if you are into the business world and the numbers and all of that, it it works great. Then you really got to put your mind into use on a daily basis. But when it comes to deepening your connection with self-reflection, self-awareness, then your relationship with awareness becomes very important. And I can promise you, if you are in a a corporate environment, if you are into business, creative vision and all of that, you will become a much better business person, a much more successful business person if you are tapping into your awareness on a daily basis. And the easiest tool to do that is start understanding your breathing on a daily basis which means start practicing conscious breathing for three to five minutes and maybe Ashley, we could do a five minute meditation in the end to give everyone a certain idea also right so a conscious breathing right Uh, i think that would be helpful and three to five minutes of conscious breathing where you inhale the breath and gently exhale that would kickstart a very new revolution in you. Because uh, if, you are, if you have never meditated or if you meditate on and off, uh, a conscious breathing definitely mm-hmm. settles down all the scattered energy. It starts to bring you uh, in your awareness. The shift from mind to awareness takes just conscious breathing. And then you can bring the awareness on the heart center and ask yourself very simple and easy questions mm-hmm. such as, who am I? Or what do I want? Or how Mm. do I serve? Very easy, self-reflective questions. But I promise if you do it consistently, the shift in awareness will happen.
0: Mm, mm. It's like, I think a lot of people haven't heard about breath work. And I know you're not necessarily suggesting breath work as much as just connecting to your breathing. Mm Mm-hmm. And do you know anything you'd said like science wasn't your thing? Do you ever look into, you know, with all the, you know, the books and and writing that you're in, just kind of what is actually happening when it comes to paying attention to the breath?
1: You know, I have always been a person of poetry than science. So I, I, but I'll tell you, there is. Uh, immense amount of data that's being published on a monthly basis by Harvard and some of the leading, you know, like publishing houses out there. Uh, I'll tell you, at least from a spiritual point of view, Ashley, that when we start the conscious breathing, then the tightness we are holding to the past, or the traumas that continue to multiply in our head, they start to settle down. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I have, you know, met and uh, guided plenty of people in the past 12 years as my personal clientele and i've seen whenever someone shows up with a trauma stress high anxiety just teaching them to breathe consciously it brings back them to the present moment because all of that trauma and anxiety it's not in the present it's in the past or it's or the mind is projecting it into a certain future you know thing and both the past and future do not exist but when you start to consciously breathe, automatically you come back to the present moment. And in the present moment, only awareness exists. Only that mindfulness spirit exists in this moment. And you don't. then you don't have to fight with that trauma or anxiety. And you simply come back to this moment. Because so I wrote this last night on Instagram. Never fight with a pig. You get dirty and the pig loves it. So these thoughts are like that pig. And when you fight with them, they love it. And they want you to engage with that fight even more. Mm -hmm. So I've never recommended anyone to fight with the thoughts or start labeling them or start doing this and that because the more you engage with them, the more your mind is engaging with them. And that Mm -hmm. does not work out well. You cannot fight darkness. With darkness, you have to bring in light and then darkness automatically fades away. Uh, This is how the meditation actually starts to work. When the conscious breathing steps in, your anxiety your stress uh, all of that starts to fade away and what looks like a heavy duty you know uh, file in your head it's actually 1 gb it looks like 100 gb it looks it looks like it's a lot of data a lot of images a lot of conversations but when you go deeper into awareness you realize it's not 100 gb it's 1 gb or even 100 mb you know that's mm. the uh, that's something i've consistently seen in many people and that's a very i think breakthrough moment for a lot of people that what they were thinking to be huge and and very intense it's actually just one thought that's repeating itself uh, blindly unconsciously
0: hey. You Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Organifi. And if you didn't hear last month, they did the Golden Trio promo. That's Organifi Gold, Organifi Chocolate Gold, and Organifi Pumpkin Spice. These are my three absolute favorite products from Organifi. All turmeric-based powders with mushrooms and all sorts of Ayurvedic herbs and multivitamins that help you have such a healthier day. And it really helps, of course, that they. Take taste super good. What I do every single afternoon is I pick one of these 3 and I warm up some coconut milk, I pour a little scoop into it and I use a frother to turn it into a perfect little afternoon latte tonic. It is such a vitamin-packed treat and I want to make sure you know that they are promoting the Golden Trio right now with the free frother from October 15th to October 29th. So make sure you go on over to organify.com/ u-turn that's o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i dot com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n and make sure you use your u-turn code for 15% off so that you can get that trio and a free frother if you haven't already these are my three favorite products I feel like all of them are my favorite but this particular trio just gives me such a little sweet tooth fix that I had to promote it and make sure you knew about it and now back to this week's episode Yeah, this, this also, you know, to be candid, it's like, I remember in 2008, I was moving to France for study abroad. And a couple of months before I moved, I was I was struggling to breathe. And, I, and it was just kind of on autopilot. So my mom and I were at the hair salon, and she was watching me get my hair cut And, you know, I had that little cape over me. And it was just very obvious, my breathing, it was like some level of kind of hyperventilating or just gasping for air. And after a mm-hmm. bunch of blood tests and doctor's visits, it ended with the doctor saying, like, have you thought about seeing a therapist? And that was like, huge for me, because I didn't even realize how much anxiety can really impact your biology and your physiology, you know, every piece of you. And it really woke me up to how important it is for me to work with my anxiety. And I hadn't had anxiety like that um, I, I started seeking coaching I went on this whole journey that sent me into my business now and I've been pretty grounded um, for, for years and haven't had that hyperventilation and it wasn't until coronavirus that I started breathing like that again and I think one thing people don't always practice is when their body is feeling really tense or, or their peace feels very disturbed kind of like getting curious or turning inward and saying to themselves like what thought am I having right now that's that's triggering this, you know, like even that level of awareness of noticing that something's going on with your body, because we just kind of go into our workday and don't always pay attention. And so I'm curious, like what your thoughts are as far as like managing that sort of breathing issue? Because for me, uh, my boyfriend was like, Hey, why don't we start taking some deep belly breaths whenever he notices that I'm hyperventilating. And mm-hmm. again, I have this for like a decade, like I was, I'm just so surprised it's kind of back and it feels like back to haunt me, honestly. I'm not to sound like a victim, <laughs> no,
1: not at all, not at all. No, I thank you for sharing this, you know, and I loved how you have evolved so much, uh, you know. Since that time till today, I mean, you have definitely grown in your strength and in your consciousness so much. So that's actually a beautiful thing. I'm glad you shared because it gives hope to so many people who might be struggling uh, with what you struggled in in France, right? I, I feel, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be very beautiful if you both, you and your partner can be meditating and breathing consciously together because it also starts to heal uh, the relationship in many powerful ways. Uh, the cultivation okay. of that gentle uh, energy of trust and unconditional love is always super healing. And one thing yeah. that fascinated me about your story is, how our body is actually constantly giving us signs and symptoms that I'm not functioning in my highest energy. And then it, it almost pushes us to do something about it until, you know, like we really step up for it. And because I, I worked in wall street and I had always, uh, been interested in that you know whole wall street world and i've started my work in new york city so i my initial set of clientele was only from the business world and now i have mixed mix up of all sort of client uh, clientele but one thing i used to notice heavily in all the people who are working uh very aggressively and they are very ambitious they would get con- these symptoms and signs from the body constantly. And they would numb that emotion by either a certain medicine or drinking in the evenings or doing something that could help them escape. And their biggest affair with the spiritual practices was what if it makes them, uh, it takes away the ambition? What if it takes away uh, that they're building up? And I, I, you know, had I had to put them in a certain state of awareness that they by going deeper into meditation, you will not renounce anything. You will not be. Uh, giving up your ambition. In fact, it will start giving you a much more stronger and clear and deeper vision of what you are willing to create, what you want to create. Because we all are consciously, you know, we are designed to consciously create with the grand scheme of universe. But if you get too stressed Mm -hmm. out, if you get too much into your anxiety, you will not be able to listen to the messages of that higher consciousness. And then you'll be simply at the mercy of daily situations. Um, And for everyone who's listening and who's going through any anxiety, any hyperventilation kind of experiences, any panic, nightmares, uh, do not fight with these experiences because that's your body telling you that I need my food. I'm hungry. That's why I'm behaving this way. The food of your soul, the food of your awareness is meditation. The more you feed it, the meditation, the better it will get. I, al- I always look at it as if my soul is hungry. You know, when I feel anxiety, when I feel uneasy, I take a pause and I literally tell myself, okay, I get it. My soul is hungry right now because I've, I've not given it the food for the last, you know, two days or so. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing that it's actually telling you it's like a baby you know, who starts to cry uh, when yeah. they are hungry. So you've got to have that softness, that reverence for your soul, for your body, that whenever it's crying, whenever it's not breathing properly, you pause everything in that moment and you mm-hmm. listen, pay attention and offer it what it needs. And many times it needs just conscious breathing. Many times it needs just sitting down, doing nothing and asking ourselves, who am I? Because mm-hmm. what you are is defined so rigidly by everyone out there. But the truth is you are much more than your physical body. You are much more than the thoughts, emotions constantly trying to dominate you. Our Mm -hmm. true identity is in our awareness. It's in our consciousness. And it takes just five minutes on a daily basis to kickstart that relationship. And just like any relationship, it needs a certain reverence, certain time, certain attention. Uh, But once you start to give it that, you will become so addicted to that consciousness high that you will not give away that too easily.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. I love this. And it's funny, I've told people that before. And I, I write that in my book. I think it's on my dedication page saying like, you're so much more than the amount in your bank account and the title on your resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, even though I know that in my head and even in my heart, it always it felt so good to hear you say it. And so... I think also like mantras are kind of coming up for me. Like, what, what do you use those? Do you recommend people create them? And if so, how do they go about that? Like, what are some perhaps like practical little tools that you think could make a big difference? Uh, I know meditation is one of them, practicing Mm -hmm. or any sort of tool that just continues to deepen that awareness that we're speaking about.
1: So m- mantra is obviously one of them. I I've been using mantras since forever. Uh, mm-hmm. I currently use a bunch of mantras. I use more than one because it's my job now to be that healer and guide for people. So I need a little extra fuel on a daily basis. Uh, but I do recommend uh, at least one mantra that everyone can practice on. And uh, mantra is I'll define mantra first for those who who don't know what mantras are mantra means instrument of the mind that's the literal meaning of the mantra and mantras are in Sanskrit language and it means they are also secular and universal Uh, a lot of the wisdom text in the eastern traditions it comes in Sanskrit so the the text from Hindu, Tantra, Yoga all of that is in Sanskrit so people get confused if all of that is Hinduism or, or all of that is Yoga or Tantra or something else Uh, But the truth is, uh, it's all in Sanskrit language. And uh, the mantras that are universal and secular, they are time-tested. They are designed and created by the masters who understood consciousness, who understood how our awareness is supposed to bloom and evolve and grow over time. So they paid a lot of attention and created all these mantras. And if you use a mantra consistently on a daily basis and repeat it consciously, it will start to affect your energy. Uh, One of the most simple and easy mantra to practice is SOHAM. S-O-H-A-M. And um, I'll text you that, Ashley, so that if you want to put it in the show notes, you can put it for them. SOHAM means I am awareness. And that's Mm. why it's one of my favorite mantras. Uh, SOHAM is one of those mantras which remind you that you are more than the body. You're more than this panic and anxiety. And you are an infinite space of awareness. You are infinite possibility. And the mantras could be integrated uh, either in the middle of the meditation or in the end of meditation because your receptivity has to be at a certain space. Uh, In the very first five minutes of meditation, we are Everywhere, right? We are here, there and everywhere. It takes five to seven minutes for most people to settle down and calm down the breathing. And when you feel you're really in the center, you are calming down, then you start to repeat the mantra consciously. And this mantra tends to bring a lot of calmness, a lot of clarity. And if you want to use non-Sanskrit mantras, then my favorite one is Who Am I? It Ooh. it also reminds you of your true identity. It definitely calms down the noise. It calms down all the outside external you know, uh, forces that are trying to limit your experience of life. And one thing I highly recommend to everyone listening is start having certain rituals on a daily basis. Because we are in a culture where rituals are not given that importance and uh you know we are in a snapchat generation or or the insta story generation where everything is there for like five seconds and then we we want to move on to the next one uh, but ritual is such a powerful way to reconnect with that higher awareness ritual helps you to feel belong rituals give you a certain goal certain vision to look forward to on a daily basis and your rituals could be very simple like one of the rituals I practice is definitely meditating before I sleep and in the early morning I have this altar set up uh, in my place where in the altar I put candle fresh flowers Every morning, I put a little bit of rose petals in the in the altar. It just brings in mm-hmm. such a nice, fresh energy. So any ritual mm-hmm. that helps you feel connected, do that. Some people write journal entry every day. And that's, that's a ritual too. Uh, I recommend lighting a candle, putting down some fresh flowers, uh, writing down your intentions, intention of the day or intention of the week, uh, Because intentional life is the life of empowerment. It's the life of a higher potential. So any ritual that makes you feel stronger, grounded, and joyful, start doing that on a daily basis. That will change many things.
0: I love this. And when you think about rituals, like I know for everybody, it can look so different. Like for me, when I wake up, I make coffee, I put on the news and I light an incense and I pull a card, you know, out of a deck and just kind of reflect on oh, it. Nice. As I, I,
1: like, I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'm kind of in the motion, you know, like I'm, I'm, I pull a card and light the incense as I'm, you know, making the coffee and I'm thinking about my card as the coffee is kind of brewing. And I'm curious, like, I know this is kind of silly, but like, at what point do you consider it a ritual versus like, I'm just kind of going about my morning. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's the language thing, I think, right. Ritual. I mean, ritual is also a huge uh, cosmetic uh, brand right now. I saw that in, I think in, I don't know, in Paris or Belgium somewhere, I saw a beautiful store called Ritual. So I was like, Oh wow. So it's becoming very mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for many people, drinking morning coffee is a ritual because many people look at ritual as something that they do every morning, right? Uh, You know, what you are doing, Ashley, is such a lovely blend of what I would call mindful and spiritual, but also Mm. something that's, that's just who you are as a personality, right? I mean, coffee is part of that personality of yours, but also pulling that card, lighting the incense, that's the mindful blend you're, you know, bringing in. And I like that. I mean, because I feel um, not everyone is uh, designed to be, uh, you know, like a specific certain, uh, you know, structure. We all have our own way of expressing our rituals. Uh, For example, for me, I grew up learning the Eastern wisdom tradition. So I have a certain relationship with that divinity or that consciousness space. So I do those rituals. Uh, but that's not how, you know, my school friends uh, are doing the rituals. That's not how you are doing it. So we all have our own way of planting that ritual. But one thing I'll uh, I assure you that if it's something that's bringing you joy, bliss, empowerment and healing that's a ritual you can stick to if there's a ritual that makes you feel anxious that if it's if it's a ritual that's making you feel uneasy or if it's taking you in the past or in the future or if it's affecting your physical health yeah that's not a ritual that i would recommend um but the right rituals are those uh which just bring clarity calmness and compassion to us on a daily basis
0: mm, and just like a final topic I want to bring up is just like comparison and also social media. Like you talk a lot about awareness, which is so important. And then there's also all of these different, like modern day forms of connecting that also can feel so disconnected, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like even for me, Chandresh, like, you know, we're, we're in the same community. We go to these events and I, and we're so, I'm so grateful. We have a community of really amazing people. And every now and again, I will kind of come across like um, a podcast request or something where I look at at what the person is doing. And and of course, I don't want to be judgmental, but I guess what comes across for me is like, we just live in this culture where um, it's encouraged to like, look like a model and use 20 filters and be somebody on the internet and And what makes it harder is that a lot of entrepreneurs, their, their success seems to be tied to that. Like the more they look a certain way or act a certain way, the more money or sales they're going to get or sponsorships or partnerships. Like what message do you have for anybody that's kind of getting hooked into social media and perhaps feeling a sense of disconnect deep down? You know what I mean? I
1: I totally hear you. And um, this this was my frustration for for a good amount of time when I started my work. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, This is when I, this is I think 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I was really trying to understand the social media and how to put my message ahead. And I would put my videos up on YouTube. Facebook was not, uh, it was only for college students at that time. And I would put up my YouTube video and it would not get enough views. And uh, I, would, I would look around and the the videos that were getting the views, they would just annoy me. They were so cringy and so loud. And then I saw this uh, video, which was, it was titled Mindfulness Moment or something. And I clicked on it. It had hundreds and thousands of views. And it was video of a girl who's just, lying down in in bed and she was very attractive and she was just you know like moving around in bed and she was calling it mindfulness moment and there were like hundreds of comments and you know close to a million views and that made me so upset and i was like so is this what needs to be done to be noticed and acknowledged and i really had to go deeper in my awareness in my heart to find out the answer that what do i do in this situation because uh i think it would drain my peace if i keep watching this and if i keep uh you know getting uh, stressed out with with this whole social media scenario and the answer that came was it, i still follow that the answer was you are neither superior or inferior to anyone you are you so drop the comparisons and you simply play your flute without you know listening to the external noise and you simply you got to have so much honor for your blooming and you got to have so much trust in your process because your blooming is unique your blooming is not going to look like the blooming of the next person you know when you go into a garden there are countless flowers there and there's no aggression there's no competition there's no comparisons each flower brings their own unique fragrance they have their unique color they don't look alike they are they are all unique and yet they each one of them looks beautiful Mm. and It's the circus of the mind. It's the mind that that makes us think that I got to be like that person in order to be this. I got to be like, you know, uh, I got to look like, uh, you know, a certain way or I got to behave in a certain way. I went through all these cycles majorly. I mean, uh, I did not know how to speak English well. Number one, that was my major fear. Number two, uh, my heroes in spirituality, they would show up in my a voice in my message you know if i you know it's like if you are listening to a certain singer if you listen to britney spears for 20 years and then you want to be a singer you would sound like britney for at least the first one week <laughs> you're like i don't mm-hmm. want to, i don't want to be her and i i went through that when i felt oh it's not my words these are the words of my heroes my gurus uh, what, what's my voice uh, who am i in this whole process So I had to really step back and stop uh, over consuming the content and stop uh, the external noise and really start to play my own flute, which was, you know, and I knew when I play my own flute, it's going to, uh, you know, bring a new tribe, but it's also going to take away a lot of people who were expecting me to play a certain kind of music, uh, but that's a decision you have to take as a leader that you cannot be going for the popular race. You got to do what's right, even if it's highly unpopular. Um, and I've seen the effects of it when I, you know, I wanted to just do my thing and I wanted to do it my way. Uh, it had brought a lot of love, a lot of appreciation, but it also took away certain people that I was hoping they they would stay. But I realized, you know, when you just do your thing. It's going to go through a filter, it's going to go through its own alignment, and you will create space for new people. And uh, you'll also say goodbye to some people that you know, it may not be for them. And you have to be absolutely okay. And you have to be fully, you know, in in respect to that. So at this point, it doesn't make me uh, disappointed or angry. uh, Because you understand this is the process of the social media uh people will follow unfollow subscribe unsubscribe it's it's a routine thing you should not take it personally if you start taking it personally then you will not have any enough creative energy left uh so i and it, you know if i tell you honestly i never ever look at uh, how many people are listening to my podcast? How many people are watching the story? Maybe once in a month, I would go into the podcast stats just to understand if at least there there are five people listening, and if if there's a good amount of number, it's it's the job of my editor. I have told my editor the day people stop listening, let me know and I'll stop making it. But it, it, he keeps telling me it's going good, so keep making the episodes. But I don't want to be making the episodes for that number because if it's you know. Mm-hmm. 20,000 or two or 20, I don't want that to influence uh, my journey. Mm -hmm. And podcast was one thing that I started for the love because I realized YouTube, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook, they all have tried to corrupt us in in, in their way. And we have given into that temptation of having the numbers. And I wanted a platform where I'm like, I should not be at the mercy of these numbers. So podcast was the reason, uh, like podcast became that reason for me. And I love creating it without looking at numbers. And I encourage everyone, do your thing, you know, honor that organic blooming, organic that process that's, you know, unfolding for you. Because I mean, today it's podcast, Instagram, tomorrow we'll have some new platforms and we cannot be always at the mercy of these platforms to find our validation. We got to just have, you know, a unique respect for our, our unique energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something that I struggle with actually quite a lot because I feel like um, I feel like I'm more of a poetic person that just so happened to have a business versus having a business and then just so happening to be a writer kind of poetic person, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I struggle sometimes because I feel like it's the matrix. And I'm like, I don't really want to grow my Instagram following. I just want to write a, a post and maybe people will like it, you know, like exactly. and. And I also had a lot of judgment on myself because a lot of people in our space, Shondresh, like, um, or not necessarily in our space, but in influencer space, you know, it's, it's like all about growth and, um, impact. And there's a lot of conversation about, I want to make an impact. I want to have an audience so I can make an impact. And I've never been motivated by the idea of impact as much as connecting. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm like, Oh, I feel really connected when I write this blog post to myself, And hopefully other people get some value out of it. Um, So it's a lot of permission, I think, for people listening to remember to be themselves. Look, I could talk to you forever. You are so nourishing. And I I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Um, Like, What message do you have just as we close uh, of of what you really would want people to know if I haven't asked you already? And um, also just let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Uh, okay, a uh, lo- lot of points you mentioned. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to start with the first one, the, the message that I want to give to everyone. Uh, I feel my prime message that I want to give to all the audience who's listening is uh, drop the comparisons, number one. And start shifting your life from the head to the heart, from the mind to the awareness. You'll thank yourself because uh, our biggest responsibility is toward our own blooming. And that blooming is not going to fit with anyone else's blooming. It's going to be a very unique, raw, and very organic process. So respect that for sure and uh, where you can find me uh, i have a podcast called break the norms that's also the title of my book i upload uh, meditations and different various topics the the kind of topics ashley and i discuss it's all on detail in uh, in the podcast platform my website is cbmeditates.com and that's also my instagram cbmeditates where i do sunday weekly meditations uh, there's plenty of resources uh, through the instagram podcast and the website so hopefully it will all nurture you know everyone who's who looking to deepen their awareness and meditation practice beautiful thank you again and thank you Ashley for making this conversation happen. I feel we could talk for another three hours and have seasons of yeah. this this conversation <laughs>
0: yeah'll probably be be contacting you next year to be like, all right, round two, Chandresh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy to come. We are doing such a wonderful work. Thank you for doing that.
0: Thank
1: you.
0: Hey there, it's Ash here, and I'm just reflecting on the episode with Chandresh. And I don't know if you experienced this, but just talking to him. It's like my nervous system completely deactivated and all of my defenses felt like they kind of washed away. He has such a calming, powerful presence. And I think that's something that tends to happen when you're in the presence of somebody who is doing spiritual work where they have a relationship with life that kind of inspires or leaks onto you and is so nourishing to be around and one of the most powerful things he talked about throughout the episode I thought was this idea of self-acceptance I think in the personal development space it can be really addictive to always want to be the best version of yourself and the next version of yourself but sometimes when we're pursuing the best version of ourselves, what's implicit inside of that goal is um a lack of love or acceptance for where we're at now a lack of a lack of okayness with who we actually are in this moment and um i don't know it's like a lack of appreciation for where we're at and and i find that Sometimes in the personal development self-help space, it's like we're constantly being recommended to do better, to be better, to evaluate our life and to look at our life, and I totally get it as a coach that my job is to help people get to their next level. But what I'm realizing now is that sometimes people's next level is just to accept themselves and stop resisting themselves and stop getting caught in the belief that they need to be better in some way or another, and to start accepting where they are today. You know, and and sometimes I think the pursuit of being better, it it depends where it comes from. Like on one side, it's inspiration and that's really powerful. And then on another side, it's a lack of liking who you are or where you are or a lack of kindness with yourself. So uh, my question for you today in the wake of this episode is where can you accept yourself more deeply? Uh, Where are you trying to improve upon yourself when really it's not coming from love and it is time for you to look at that thing and anything from the way your butt looks in a swimsuit to uh, the way your dating profile looks to where your career is at. I think it's beautiful to be striving for more, but I also think it's even more inspiring to love where you are and love the journey. And so um, I just want to pass this on to you growth junkies who are always trying to be better. I totally see you and get you. And I wonder what it would look like if your growth right now was to deeply accept yourself. At Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award winning digital media empire, Yap Media